The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who gonna this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Kwame Last Response Talk. We are live. It's a Thursday morning. Alex Francis in the studio. We have a lot to talk about. 888. 888- 346-9144 is the number if you want to dial in. Don't forget, we are doing a remote at Armadillo's Grill, March 25th. That is a 10 to 12 show live remote, March 25th at Armadillo's Grill. If you need more information, you can reach us <clears throat> at Kwame Lasseter, Twitter, at Clancy's Corner. Got Twitter. it. <laughs> we will be there. We try to get a lot of uh, other guys, a lot of... Uh, guests that we had on the show out there, uh, Junior Spivey should show up amongst uh, probably a handful of other guys. Uh, but that's the show. That's March 25th. We have a live show right now. It is Thursday. A lot to talk about. I do want to start with the 10-second uh, proposal with the uh, NCAA. The NCAA uh, proposed that well, a lot of coaches had a, a lot of disagreement or agreement for it. But the ruling was that in a 40-second play clock that – Offenses cannot snap the ball before 10 seconds or within that 10 seconds. Uh, and, and the reason why, because the game is the violence of the game, the injuries, it may cause more injuries and guys are getting hurt, the physical of the game. I personally don't uh, agree with that. I think you should snap the ball whenever you want to. I have 40 seconds to do so if that's my offense. Uh, for defensive coordinators, defensive guys, you have three to four, three to four, three to five days to get ready for your opponent. You have three to five days to get ready for opponent. Unless the offenses have changes, they had a new coach or a new offensive coordinator, I can understand uh, your situation. But you still have to be able to prepare uh, for that offense. You have um, 10 seconds. You have 40 seconds. Offenses should be able to snap the ball whenever. If you want to make the game not violent, then stop playing football. That's the only way <laughs> this game is not going to be violent. It's a violent game on every level. Every level. Once you start putting on equipment to play football, it is a violent game. It becomes one of the most dangerous games played. I think you should play a, a glorified, glorified flag football game. People will still buy tickets and watch that. You won't get the uh, you won't get the high numbers or the, the high ratings, but people will watch that game. I know I would. Uh, but if you want to stop the game from being so violent, then you stop playing football. And then even in that. 10 seconds, even in the uh, extent of a game, it's only five to seven plays difference when they're hiking the ball. Five to seven plays. So offenses who don't have that fast-paced offense or defensive coordinators who are head coaches like uh, Nick Sabian, if you don't, you want your defense to be able to play at a high level. Well, conditionings take care of that. Yeah, I mean, and that's you, you nailed it on the head with that one. Uh, the two biggest advocates for this rule are – Nick Saban and the coach from Arkansas, they run the two least amount of plays in the SEC last year, so obviously they'd be the advocates. Um, 
this is not about player safety. This is about Nick Saban winning another championship. Yes. This is a, but having said all of that, and it's funny, a little aside, is that Agent McCarron was interviewed, and he said that they practiced the hurry-up offense every practice but never ran it in the game. So I'm not really sure where that lies in this whole conversation. But Nick Saban now has enough power in the college football to actually make this happen, to actually bring this up. And all of these rules that have come, we have the Tom Brady rule in the NFL with the tuck rule that, that has now been taken away. We have rules by high-powered players and coaches in all of sports. Uh, Charles Barkley, the, the five-second uh, back-down rule is now in place because Charles Barkley used to take 15 seconds and back the ball down. So now you can't do that anymore. So that's what kind of makes me worry about this and the chance that it might actually pass because Nick Saban is might go down as the best college football coach of all time that now he might actually have enough uh, enough uh, girth in this conversation to make it pass I don't think it will but if anybody else if anybody had the opportunity to have the ability to make this happen based on his his uh his idea of changing the game it would be him he wins one more, I would say he goes down as the best coach. Which is crazy because yeah. he's won it in two different places. Right. And he's made Alabama wasn't a top 25 team when he went there. They were teetering on it, but they, he wasn't a top tw- They weren't a top 25 team, and he's brought them to prominence. Alabama in the past has some good football teams. Right. They've had some good football teams. But I still like, you know who I like to throw in that mix is Bobby Bowden, what, what he did at But Florida he had State. all those games taken away from him. Yeah, well, all, all the infractions and stuff. So can you hold that against him? Can no, Is it now overlooked because nobody remembers anymore? No, we remember that. You just brought it up up on the instant so we people remember that but when he was playing those games it was all about football it, the infractions came off the field that's why FSU became free shoe university so <laughs> those guys you know those guys were doing that thing the old things off the field and, and I'm it, it's it's upsetting that the coach didn't have the pulse of his team or maybe that was Florida State and you feel like and I feel like to the day if you want to give me some free shoes and, and I take them where where's where's the penalty yeah where's the penalty in yep. that um if I'm not trading, or even if I trade it off for a ticket, that's a barter. You you could barter those things off. It's a trade off. Barter works, baby. It tra- it's a trade off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the NCAA, the NCAA, <clears throat> and and when that rule was brought up, it was coaches like Nick Sabian uh, that was in front of a panel. It wasn't even the coaches board, which is the coaches board get to decide on these things. It's more than just Nick Sabian getting in front of somebody that he can manipulate at that time and say, yeah. Or manipulate somebody at the NCAA and say, "Yeah, well, that's a good that's a good rule. We might want to change that." So it's it's more so of that and not the coaches. So I don't think it'll pass. It doesn't make sense to pass. If I got forty seconds, what would be the difference in me holding the ball to that thirty ninth second or, or the tenth second? You want to say it's because of the the uh, to manipulate the game or to manipulate how University of Alabama plays their games year in year out? I think it's a crazy rule to have. If you got a fast-paced offense, that's what it is. You say A.J. McCarron, they practice that every day and don't run it. Well, if he needed it, and except now this, let me add this too. The rule, you can snap the ball within 10 seconds. Yeah, it, to, it has to be 30 seconds or less before you can snap it. Yeah, but you can do it 10 seconds before the half or right at the uh, end of the half, uh, end of the game. Uh, two minutes before the half, two minutes at the end of the game. But it's all manipulation as far as how I want my team to play or how my team does play on defense because you have to recruit as such now. But you got to get these guys in shape. Well, and now, and but the the funny part about this is that it it has a really good um, segue into the NFL for these players, especially quarterbacks and offensive. Well, you know what, defensive guys too is nobody snaps the ball within the first seconds of the uh, of the play clock in the NFL. 
Nobody, you have hurry up maybe towards the end of games when you're losing. Nobody's, even Tom Brady, you take seven, eight, nine seconds to set up the offense, even in a hurry up, which is a hurry up for the, for the NFL. And in the last two minutes of games, it goes faster. So I understand that that is the NFL application for this rule. And he's trying to suck the teat of the NFL to kind of make this pass because the NFL usually learns from college football and adapts through college football. And it's kind of the other way around now. Well, the the hurry up offense in the NFL today is a no huddle, and no huddle, you still have time defensively to set up your defense because the offense has to set up their plays. Well, and also because the uh, the guys in the NFL are uh, crazy talented, crazy athletic. Nick Saban, maybe have your defensive coordinator, your defensive coach, just condition the hell out of these guys if you're playing Oregon next week. Yeah. And condition them smartly too. You can condition, you can overcondition where you just exhausted by the by. Championship time when it comes down to those teams like Alabama and uh, Arkansas, not Arkansas, but Alabama and and Auburn playing. Those guys probably was tired. Auburn, it's how you condition those guys and get them ready for the end of the season. What games you take off? This ten this ten second manipulation rule for me, it's kind of the mindset where Alabama will play, uh, they will play a, a Missouri Valley school in the ninth week. And the ninth week to rest their guys to get ready for that's 10, genius 11, though, isn't 12. it? That genius it scheduling. is genius, but th- that's you know play every. Now some of those teams like Alabama, they do play Georgia first game, mm-hmm. or, or which, which could, it's a big game most times. They play LSU early, yeah, big games. But that, to me, that's what it seems like. Like let me find me an advantage for my team, my team. And if I was Nick Saban, and I didn't want my defense running around. What I say with the emergence of the injuries in NFL and Nick Saban was an NFL coach who left in the midnight and left his team stranded. He was an NFL coach so he know how this game is played. He, but if I if I want to manipulate the rule system for my team and how we play on the collegiate level, then I got to find I got to recruit different. I got to get guys. Now you can't get those big boys on a defensive line. Now you got to get some guys who will probably play linebacker that put them on the line so you got more speedy guys. Then you're getting bull rushed by teams like Stanford. Um, so it's, you, it's a whole lot of things that coaches probably don't want to do right now and just recruit differently. Yeah, but I, in, it, in the grand scheme of this whole conversation, how many hurry-up offense teams, how many fast-paced teams have won national championships in the last 10 years? I wouldn't know. I mean, I Florida know. State was the closest one. It's been all SEC. It's been all boring football. When I was at like, it's been all, it's been all, it's It's been all SEC football recently. Auburn kind of broke the mold. Missouri broke the mold because Missouri was a Big 12 team. Texas A&M was a Big 12 team. Oregon. So, well, Oregon's Pac-12, but right. like, but, but that's but, the next big conference, is right? Pac-12. But the additions to the SEC with Missouri and with Texas A&M, they don't really, they don't subscribe to the to the original creed of the SEC, which is play defense and run the football. So obviously, throwing a monkey wrench on the whole SEC as a conference, you're going to get these issues, and this is what Nick Saban is dealing with now. I think he's trying to hedge his bet a little bit, trying to keep it from happening. Where where a fast paced school wins a national championship because he wants to be the the head honcho all the time, he just does. So and this is this is what he's trying to do. So what what about you at Kansas? When I was at Kansas, Florida State ran a fast paced offense. I'll tell you what they did to us. Now Bowden was there then, right? Bobby Bowden was there, but Charlie Ward was the quarterback. We played in East Rutherford, New Jersey, in a kickoff classic. Charlie Ward come out with the first play. They probably run two plays, or maybe they probably run two plays and probably deep balls down the field. And they had a second offense. I can't think of who the second quarterback is, but he was he came out to Charlie, but he was good. They were run on the whole a whole new eleven guys were run on the field. And that was similar to that fast paced offense. That's the no huddle. They run on the field with the play already. So these guys are lined up. Obviously the guy the last guy on the line had to come past the numbers to be eligible. 
but they had a whole new offense, a fresh body of 11 guys. So to me, that's the fast-paced offense. That should be that should be illegal of anything, but it's not. You got guys you want to play them. There's nothing in the rule book, not a thing that says these guys shouldn't be playing. Uh, or I couldn't run my offense in this manner. Charlie Ward and his first his first team, uh, Bobby Bowden, Bobby Bowden and his first team offense, which was orchestrated by Charlie Ward. Who had Kevin Knox was on that team. Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell yep. came. Was did he wear number seventeen? No, Charlie was seventeen. But he came in with a whole nother offense. So to me, that was a fast-paced offense, and I thought that changed the game at that point because teams started going to that, or teams started taking their first-team offense and hurry up with, with the play running. So the play clock is not an issue. You just got to line up and play. You're going to get exhausted, but everybody on that field gets a second win. That's why a lot of teams have. Five to six defense alignment. If you got seven, it's great. You're still in there, icing on the cake. But they rotate those guys because they always in the trenches. They they physical every play of the game. But you can't rotate in a fast pace. You not can't a, rotate not in a hurry alignment. up offense. Not a not a defense alignment right. guy. You you can't. Well, you can't. You can't sub anybody out when you when they don't have time to get off the field. Only um only skills guy. Only a receiver, and he has to come to the numbers. He don't have to go to the huddle because the quarterback's getting to play most times in in his headset and his helmet, and the receiver is on the field already. So if you take decide to take somebody's deep, all he has to do is come past the numbers to be part of the, the eleven guys. Yeah. So yeah, you can't rotate a whole three to four guys, a whole unit, especially of guys. during during uh, during uh, no yeah. huddle offense. Yeah, so and Johnny Manziel burned them week one. Yeah, so. they, they got lucky, and it wasn't. I, I, I take away LSU. They always play a top ranked opponent in the first couple weeks, and and Johnny Manziel was Texas A and M was one of them was them this year, and they almost they almost beat them. And they that was like a ninety point combined scoring game, which Nick Saban wants to get away from. He'd much rather win six nothing than forty five forty two. Right. Well, we take a quick break. Alex Clancy in the studio. We'll come back and we'll talk uh, Johnny Menzel. Come last sports talk. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit marchofdimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the Kwame Lashley Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in the studio. It is a Thursday. We are live. We were talking about the 10-second rule. We talked quite a bit on it. 10-second rules in the uh, NCAA. Uh, is it is it a hinder or not? I don't think it is. I think I have 40 seconds to do what I want. If I want to hike the ball in 10 seconds, if that's how I have to win, then that's how I have to win. Some teams don't even have, real quickly, some teams don't even have a defense. So that 10-second rules, if I can – if I can balance out the game, if I'm if I'm Oregon State, if I'm Oregon, and I don't have a defense, which I don't think they had a defense, their offense was their defense, but they would throw up 40-something points on teams where it made their defense look good because team had to pass. Now you have to play a defense. Now you have to play a passing defense where offense is more susceptible to throw interceptions, uh, mishandle the football. Anytime you the quarterback handles the football 12 times, he should throw. Once under the snap, under the center 12 times, once he's handed the ball 12 times, he should throw one or two interceptions or be sacked twice. <clears throat> that's how great defenses think. So that's what should happen. But if I don't have a great defense, as in Oregon didn't have, but they had probably the top points-wise or rushing-wise or passing-wise uh, offense in the league, then that's what I'm going to have to do. I can't recruit everything on offense and then recruit everything on defense. That takes time. But in this time when I got one or the other and it happened to be a fast-paced offense that put points on the board, then I want to put up 40-something points. ASU puts up 30-something points, but then they have to play defense. But that, that makes the, the opponent play a certain way on offense. Yeah, and let's just, let's just look at Nick Saban's main reason for this is player safety. Give me a break. Give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. Give me a break. There, this has nothing to do with player safety. This has to do with him Not winning another championship. Not at all. And it was interesting. I, I was His legacy. I was yeah. I was listening to some radio uh, guy, and he said that if if you want to um if you want to help with player safety, make make overtime different because there's so many more plays with overtime because you start at the 25 yard line. There's a lot more mo- room to move. If you want player safety to be at the forefront, you need to change the game up. Not with the play clock, with with, with other things. You know, the play clock is the last thing that. That really affects player safety. Hurry up, offenses. You're right. That's that's Oregon's defense right. is their offense, and and you can't take that away from schools just because you don't prescribe to that to that type of medicine. You know. Yeah, it it, it all comes down to guys like that in an Arkansas coach was uh, uh, Balin or something like that. He's uh, it's more for Nick Saban. I think it's more of his legacy. If I win one more, and when we had this conversation about his legacy, whether he would go to Texas or not, who can pay him probably Can't six million. Somebody- yeah, six million dollars more on top of what he's getting now, um, for about ten years. What is he? Sixty two or something? Yeah, like he's that? old. Yeah, but for Earth. ten years, he's sixty two, and I don't think sixty two is old at all. Yeah. I just think a, a football coach, 
of his caliber, 62 years old, because of the stress that comes with it. And you think he would, it looks easy sometimes when they win these championships. It looks like they have the best team, but it is stressful for what you have to do day in and day out. Yeah, especially because he doesn't take joy in anything, seemingly. No, it seems like, it seems like, kind of like Belichick. Like, you just want to have that persona of you looking like you mad all the time. And maybe looking like you just thinking all the time. And if you are just thinking all the time, that's stressful in itself. Um, but you talk about uh, Krasesh- Mike uh, Krasesky. Yeah, he ha- yeah. yeah, he has. Um, he's sixty one or sixty two. Um, yeah, he and was dizzy. He's on passed the court. out a couple yeah, times. He's passed out a couple times. He just dropped down on the floor mm-hmm. because this is stressful business. It is stressful. Uh, but guys want to go down with their with their legacy of of winning when they go out. So you know, it's just it's unfortunate that rules like this come up when they and then they use it to say it's for the safety of the players. Where it's about seven more plays more than a regular football game, if you ask me. Uh, and that's not about the safety. Safety of the of any football player is stop playing football. Stop playing football with the equipment on. Play flag football. You won't get as many as concussions. You won't be hit as many times. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot of things that go into it. You mentioned the, the overtime rules, different ball games, the different way you play the game. So I don't know. We'll we'll stay on top of that. Um, Oscar Pistorius finally went to trial. Did you know he went to trial? Mm-hmm. Talked four day, about, four days ago? On Monday, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't know that, but I was always waiting for it, and I thought it was pushing to the back burner. Uh, but he was on trial for the murder of his girlfriend. Uh, he had a lot of reasons why it wasn't him. I, innocent until proven guilty. This I would like that OJ to be Simpson the case. Simpson of, of South Africa. South Africa. So I would see. like that to be the case, though. I would love for that. Innocent, innocent until proven guilty makes a lot of sense to me. But it's not, it's not a true thing. It's not The media can make you guilty depending on what kind of guy you was when you was that type of athlete. If you become a bad guy or you did crazy things, they say, well, it was in his nature. But they, but you forget that he did those things while on the football field when he had to have a certain edge, a certain type of way. Uh, but then something like this off the field happens, especially off the track in Oscar uh, Pistorius' case, that uh, his girlfriend was shot uh, He's again. He had reasons why it couldn't be him, and I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of this trial, but uh, we'll stay on. I'll stay on top of. We'll stay on top, and we'll bring it up as it as we get it. But Johnny Manziel, pro date Texas A and M. They um he doesn't throw his pro date, and it's a pro date. It's not his pro date. It's Texas A and M pro date. Um, and and because of Johnny Manziel, there's a lot of people who have a lot of things to say about him, and I and. Probably most of it I agree with, especially as his maturity level. Has he matured? Uh, remember, he is a kid, but has he matured? He's about to be the face of somebody's franchise if getting drafted in the first round. If I have a pick to draft Johnny Manziel, it would not be in the first round. I pick Johnny Manziel if he's around in the second or third round. I don't want to put a stigma on him that Tim Tebow had. I thought Tim Tebow would still be in the league if he got drafted in the third round. I've said that from day one. He would still be in the league. Johnny Manziel was, you know, he was allowed to. You have to allow them to be kids. And remember, they, it's not that they you want them to grow up so fast, but they're immature more than anything. So they make mistakes that you feel like you shouldn't make it as a big-time program. But what if he went to some old smaller school and you, it wouldn't be a, even a story for long? Well, we've been talking about guys like Johnny Menzel all year long, since last year, since winning the Heisman. He's one of the fresh, uh, first freshmen to win the Heisman. Um, there could have been more, should have been more, but I'm glad he was. I'm glad somebody finally did it. Uh, but but he did. He doesn't throw his at Texas A&M pro date, and I agree with his decision not to do so 
because he has a, his own pro day. You, he just left the combines. He just left the combines. What more do you need to see? This is why I don't believe. Well, in he didn't himself. throw the combine either. Yeah. Well, he has his own pro day. He can throw. He can dictate. You talking about drafting him in the first round? He can dictate when he want to throw if he mm-hmm. want to. Are you going to be there or not? Somebody's going to take him in the first round, no later than the second. What about? Do you think it's unfair that he didn't throw because Mike Evans is probably the top two? Him and Sammy Watkins out of Clemson, the top two receivers in the draft. Mike Evans, 6'5", 220. Like, he's a beast. And he doesn't, not, not as many people know who he is, obviously, because he's not a quarterback and he's not Johnny Manziel. Who, who's Sammy Watkins? No, Mike, Ev- Mike Evans. Oh, okay. Mike Evans was his number one target. He had crazy, crazy numbers this year. Do you think that it's doing Mike Evans a disservice by Johnny Manziel not throwing? Do you think that somebody else would throw to Mike Evans, or would it be Johnny Manziel throwing to Mike Evans if Johnny had thrown at his pro day? I, because if you could see them together, especially right in the top of my head, St. Louis has the second and then a, and then a middle to late round pick. Why don't you take Johnny Manziel second, you take Mike Evans in the in 17th or 18th, and then you already have a one-two combo on your team that, that's been looking for offense for years. I think St. Louis, uh, I, I will answer your question but real quick. You know, you're talking about Fisher over there. Fisher's a defensive-minded guy. Ain't little love to take. If you can't score, you can't beat us. And that's how he's always thinking. All his teams have been like that. But he has have offensive power. And it, having those picks would be great because you got two guys that can grow together under some uh, veteran leadership over there. Johnny Manziel, I think he did do his receiver a disservice because even just at the combine, I'm not throwing it to come by if I can't throw to my guy. I have a relationship with this guy I've had for two years. So timing, I know his timing. That was his only receiver. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. the only guy he looked for in big time situations. But but having um having Mike having his pro date today or when they had this pro date, having the pro date and no one's and probably a backup thrown to him, well the route's gonna be different. He's gonna be he's gonna not be he's not gonna be sure when to break, even though he knows when to break, but is that ball gonna be there so he can turn, put it away, get up field. I think the combination between Johnny Manziel and Mike, yeah, it works It works well because that's who he threw to all year for the past year and a half. But it's Johnny Manziel's pro date on his date. I think it's sometime in March 24th or something like that. He's had to showcase himself with all, with all the controversials of, of his off the field, uh, his on the field, and he talked about he don't want to bring attention to himself. Well, if you don't want to bring attention to yourself, I don't know, know why you're doing a money sign. It's okay. Just say what it is. Don't try to be coached around that and, and make up a story because then you're contradicting yourself. His pro day is his pro date, so he should use his best time as possible to fix his mechanics, tighten up his um, tighten up his drops, do everything that NFL would be looking for. And it will. It, it is a disservice. It would be great that he could throw to his receiver. It would be great if his receiver can catch the balls and he could throw well on both days. But it's, it's what Johnny Manziel been from the time. Yeah, but to his to his defense here, we haven't heard a word from him. You know, he's been very, very good after the season ended to just kind of he said he didn't want to bring attention to Don't himself. Don't you think he's coached to do that? Don't you think yes, that's somebody but you will? have to be he's a child. You have to be right. coached. You have to yeah. be taught. But and he was in, the, in the offseason he also went to the guy that I the quarterback guru that Donovan John went Gordon. to. No, 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 no. Oh, and, no. For, and um, California? Yeah, yeah. with the Tebow went to where, yeah. they, where they dance on yeah, the sand. That's, that's crazy. No, but, but Donovan that, went to him, too. Right. I saw that when he was trying to make a comeback, yeah. And when you're throwing he in the water. Come back. Well, when you're, when you're throwing in the water and all those things, he's doing his everything he can to perfect his game before the draft. So he doesn't have to throw. I'm sure people have film on him after the season. Like, I don't know if they record those, those sessions with, with the quarterback guru or not. Somebody has it, but it ain't, it's not supposed to be recorded. Right, but... 
he's done everything in his power to become and look like a professional before getting drafted because all the antics are over. That was upwards of a year ago that all that stuff happened. No, it's no, it wasn't. It was uh, upwards of six or seven months ago where all that stuff happened. Everybody forgets what happens in college when, when you get to the draft, and he's done everything in his power to make himself look like a mature adult before going into his professional career. And I, I give I you gotta give him kudos for that. I'm not giving he's him not, kudos for that. He's not running around like a crazy person now, is he? Because he's smart. Because he's going to the draft. He's not coming back to college. He doesn't I, think I, he's bigger than the game anymore, which he did in college. Alex, he's going to the pros with some grown man. He's not a grown man. You think yet. a lot of people haven't had haven't had this you supreme come the, confidence you, before? You, you that so, was unwarranted. Oh, you better have supreme confidence coming in, but no. you better not have an arrogance coming in. You go into the National Football League that you know nothing about. Johnny Manziel has been coached to, and he's smart enough. To be quiet, he was in coach to say certain things, but those things he's saying, and we, I think I mentioned it on when he was with John Gruden, it sounds robotic. It sounds it's the same thing he said at the combine to those scouts that he was this small, this guy from a small town, this guy, that guy. Yeah, it, he does himself well to just be quiet on all season and work on his training stuff. But if if his coach, he now he's if he's being coach, and who is, who is he going to be? That's the only problem with Johnny Manziel going into the league is his character. What is his character going to be? You're going to be the face of our franchise, possibly, if you are a starting quarterback. So that's the only problem with Johnny Manziel going into the draft. So, yes, shut up and, and work out. Do what you're supposed to do. Would you rather have Johnny Manziel's answers in the, money, in, in the uh, quarterback room with John Gruden or Cam Newton's where he couldn't read a damn play? I'd rather have Cam Newton. Why? Because he could play right now. He's coming to the league. Play. Cam Newton hasn't let you down since he came into the league, has he? Well, so they, I don't, they had their first winning season this year. And that was on Cam Newton? We we go to stats. We go through all their stats, offense and defense, and you can't pinpoint one thing that Cam Newton did not try to do or did not do. I don't I don't blame Cam Newton for their one winning the season. Whoever was the quarterback would probably been in that same situation. It was the Carolina Panthers. So, okay, so you're going to say the same about Johnny? Well, no, you, no, 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 no. I was no, Johnny no, Manziel. Saying, I was Johnny, Johnny Manziel's going to the same, <clears throat> going to go to a same situation, a similar situation that Cam Newton went to. You say he he's is? Going to, he's going to a crap team. He's not going to a good team. He can do a Eli Manning. I'm not going to San Diego. He won't do that. It's in his character. He doesn't have. Is, is it in his character or not? I, we, is it in his? You are. It you wasn't know, in Eli Manning's noticed, you character. Noticed, it was until the it, day. I don't think. I didn't think. I didn't saw that no, either. I didn't he saw wouldn't. That. He wouldn't. It is in his character, but I. I, I will hope he. He's I hope too he does. smart. Who? Uh, Johnny Menzel to start his career off like that because then you have a target smart. on your back. Eli Manning was wasn't a good college quarterback. He, no, he was he a Manning, and they were and they it was a down year for quarterbacks. So that's why he could do what he did. And I you, they blame it on Archie Manning. I don't think it was Archie Manning's fault. I think it was Archie Manning's. I don't okay. say it was his fault. I think it was Archie Manning's decision. Say my son wants to go here, not there, because you have to blow him up somehow. And I thought, yeah, but you that, don't have to blow up Johnny Manziel. No, he's, he's already, already blown up. Me, but so I, thought, I don't think he'll make I that thought, decision. If he went to New York, even going to New York was more pressure than going to San Diego. San Diego was laid back, and that was Eli in college. Ole Miss, he wasn't that, he wasn't that top quarterback. I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break. We'll take about a minute break. We'll come right back. Quam not supposed to talk. We'll we be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
the job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. is the number you want to call in. Alice Clancy in the studio. Wow. Wow. We talking about Johnny Manziel. Uh, I thought it was good. And and this is the only reason why I say this. It's good on his behalf not to throw because he was just on at the combine because I'm not a really a fan of those things because if, if guys go to the combine, what's the pro date for? You did do one or the other. You watch me play all year. You want to have a big show and get all us, all of us together. And there's some guys at the combine. I'm I'm at uh, XO um, out here in Phoenix, which is formerly known as API, Athletes Performance. I'm out here, and there's guys there. I'm like, why are you not going to the combine? I said, I thought you was going to the combine, and they go to big schools. So it's all according to who they want to see uh, in these guys. It's, it's more of a, like everything else. It's, it's a the favorite. SAT. Yeah, it's a favorite. But, if you okay, you having the combines. So you got all the guys there you want to see, possibly. But then you go to a pro date. What else are you going to see? Because you're going to do the same thing that they did at the combine, the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, but it's a second chance <laughs> to make you feel if comfortable you, where if you, you are. If you're a guy on a bubble. You, 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 you should want to do your stuff on the road. Comfortability is one thing because you're going to always play at home. You're going to play eight games, eight to ten games at home, depending on who you are, where you go. So I don't, I, I'd rather see guys outside of their comfort level. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but then so this, that's it. Yeah, so, so I guess the bubble, this is the teetering on if if it was just nerves or if you really can't perform is what your pro day is. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. The SAT, is, they, have to, they have to make it statistical in some way to gauge who the, where you're going to get drafted. You know, and like the SAT, a lot of times people are bad. People can't do standardized tests, but colleges look at that so highly. So you have to do, you have to go. Yeah, but then you, you, have ju- to go then you start it. judging the guy who don't test well. You give me an oral exam, I ace it. If you, some guys just don't test well. You talked about Cam Newton can't read a play. Well, what about that? He pressure? couldn't in what, college. What about, what about that? 
I don't know how you win a national championship and you can't read. Because all he sees are, he remembers one through ten or whatever it is. He remembers that's, all the boards. Alex, that's how they teach kids to read today. Unless you go to a monastery school or a charter school, they teach kids to read by memorization, like a big word. A three-year-old can, can uh, read the word dictionary, encyclopedia, just by memorizing it. That's, what, that's how they teach kids to read today. Now, we're not talking about a kid. We're talking about Cam Newton in college. His level, maybe... His level of uh, comprehending or educate or remembering things was that play because well, everybody used him. Well, Gene, Ch- that was Gene Chizik's idea. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's yeah. Jim Beheim's zone defense. That's how <laughs> that's how Gene Chizik did it. So that that hindered him from learning the fourteen word play calls that he had to learn in the NFL. Which, and which I think is stupid anyway. Um, for offenses to have fifty million words in one play. And then the offense, and then the quarterback end up well, checking. It's easier too. to call defensive plays, isn't it? It is a lot audible, easier. Well, but there's more audibles on defense than there is. So you're you saying it's more dummies on your defense? <laughs> that's what you hear. No, saying it's easier. <laughs> it's easier to call plays. You run a defensive set. You have you have you have plays within the defensive set. You have coverages within that defensive set. Alex, well, then explain to me why it's, why it's not easy to call offensive plays. It's not. E- I don't know. It should be easier. I never play quarterback. It's, you don't have to play quarterback. You can play receiver. You play receiver before. It's, it's the same thing. Flag football, baby. I was a beast. Football is football. It just would, would, where level you playing on. Look, listen. Ran a 10, 10, 40? Who? No, I'm just playing. Oh. <laughs> no, man. It's for real. They have 50 million play. 50, it's like X, uh, X down, down and out, 90, this, Z, such a uh, Y, this. Uh, then they got to go over the blocking scheme for it's the offense. the snap count. Yeah, and, and then the snap count on, 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 on two, on second sound. It could be hut, hut, hut. Yeah. It's crazy Mm-mm. how they do it offensively. That's why it comes down. You see a lot of uh, delayed games. Uh, recently, we have seen a lot of delayed games because of stuff like that. And it gets now you're going through a walkie-talkie to the headset of a quarterback who has a microphone in his ear. From downstairs to the sideline or sometimes from upstairs to the helmet. Too much going on right there. So for, for Cam Newton, and he had that stuff in his ear too. For him and Johnny Manziel, for him and Johnny Manziel to be compared and go into the same situation, I don't. I don't think it's fair because Cam Johnny Manziel may go into the same situation off, as a team wise, but none of that was Cam Newton's fault. They, we were talking. We were talking about the Carolina Panthers. Okay, were they good before Cam Newton got there? They no, because no, that's how they got Cam Newton in the did, first. Did they make it to the Super Bowl like the third year in existence or something? First was it first? Year? I know that. I don't know. Third ninety four. I think it was ninety five. Kerry Collins, right? Kerry Collins, that was crazy. Ninety five. Yeah. Well, that's why everything you just said is the reason why you don't start right out of college. That's why you play. That's why you're the backup. That's why you learn. Th- you are learn organically. You're not just thrown into the field and just said, "Hey, go." Well, you get because right. Know, I mean, that's right. got that's got to be a, a main reason. Learning the system, learning how to make the play calls, is why you're a backup. That's why you hold the clipboard for a year, and then if players get hurt, then you go in and then you show your stuff. At but, that position, yes, I agree with you because it's a lot to learn in offense. Some guys can learn quick. We we talk about Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was in a pro style offense already. Mm-hmm. His coach. Well, they're outliers. I mean, I understand. His that. coach was a an NFL guy, so he knew uh, the intricacies, the ins and outs about what it's going to take to play at this position. They had an offensive style offense anyway at Stanford. So he comes in and he plays well, but then who he associated himself with was a whole different ball game. He was under Peyton Manning and those guys for a while, so that's why he can come in and play. So that's why it's hard for quarterbacks coming out of college now not to play because they say, well, these guys have done it. 
and we we willing to buy this growing time like Peyton Manning. That was a growing period for Peyton Manning. Look look who we're talking about now. We're talking about one of the best, if not the best. Um, we're talking one of the best. He'll never be the best. We're talking about one of the best top five quarterbacks ever. Mm-hmm. He can never be the best. So he, again, there that that messes up. That messes up the idea of having guys sit before they come into the league. Yeah, because before because, they start. Yeah, because the emergence of what Andrew Luck. You know, those well, guys Tom Brady are, sat yeah. for a year or two, right? A yeah, year but and Tom a half, Brady. Two years? Yeah, but he came in the sixth round. I'm talking about first round. Yeah, guy. yeah. okay. He okay, came in the sixth round. That's I'm talking fair. first round guys who who came coming into the league. Um, they expected to play right away because you put that emergence in on them that you are first round. We don't have this time. We want, we, we draft you anyway. We're a losing team. Uh, we need you to play right now. Go through your growing pains while we build. Did Philly start Donovan right away? No, he didn't. So no. he sat. I, I he can't sat, remember if he th- sat one. But I think he no, not a year. I think he played, came in like sixth or eighth game, and it was his job after okay. that. Yeah, because I mean, there are a lot of guys that are kind of in the middle where you have this. Like, look at him coming out of Syracuse. I mean, he was he was a physical specimen. And they didn't even want him. He no, they played. didn't. No, they, well, Philly, Philly, Philly's Philly's Philly fans game. are idiots. Sometimes. Then they fell in love with him. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. And so I mean, it, it's difficult to determine who's going to be ready and who isn't. Just because you look like Teddy Bridgewater doesn't mean you're ready to play football yet. Doesn't mean you're ready to start in the NFL yet. Cam Newton, luckily, might have been the most talented quarterback physically. Ever? No, Ever? no. When he came in, his come, first I'm game, about going into the draft. Oh no! In Arizona, uh, Arizona, his first game when they came here, his first week, he threw for 430 yards, threw four touchdowns. Like everybody's like, "Holy man, this guy can play!" Because he can do it on his physical ability alone, oh. his athletical skills, athletic skills alone. And now that kind of broke the mold. Now it's like, well, one game, one season, he broke all the rookie records. Yes. They, and, and, and well, they Peyton, win. Peyton, well, they win five games. And I think he tied one of Peyton's uh, records. Like probably touch. I mean, he he's the only quarterback over a three years span to have certain amount of rushing touchdowns and and uh, and throwing touchdowns. Like he broke all of these molds, and he's finally starting to learn in his third year how to play football. Which which is a great year to learn. But let me go back. Is that what they say? Holy man. Well, I was gonna say the other way. I was gonna say the the holy. I was gonna say something else. I but. think Cam Newton. Um, I think Cam Newton, before he's done with football, has a um, hold up that trophy. You think so? I think so. And obviously, why, why wouldn't he? Well, I mean, and you're right. It wasn't fair who they brought, what the team was when he when Got he that? went in. But let me let me say this too. Now they have a Pro Bowl, Luke Keekley. Yep. Okay, Steve Smith. They need to re- they need to give him a gift uh, say, contract. This is for your veteran. This leadership. is for you. This, this is, is for, for teaching this guy. Greg Olson football. has instilled himself as one of the best tight ends, even though he's a hybrid tight end receiver. Yeah, I still like him, though. Yeah, Brandon LaFell. I mean, they have young guys. Ted Ginn Jr. probably hasn't shown everything he has yet. Not yet. He just got there. He's so only been a year. They need to get rid of the 12 running backs they have no, no. and get two. They, they have, have 14 two. running backs. They, they need they need the three they have. They have the big guy. They um, have Tolbert, Tolbert, D'Angelo Williams, and Jonathan Stewart. Keep those three Jonathan right Stewart there. is hurt every year. Keep him. If he's not hurt, D'Angelo Williams is hurt. Well, fix his contract, but I don't I don't let that guy go. I wouldn't let him go. I mean, there's something wrong with that, and I think you're right. I think it's the offense. The offensive line's great. Offensive you, coordinator. The, right? Remember, That's true. Remember they was and you have a ball? defensive coach there. The offensive, the offensive line is fine, and they can get away with a lot more things because Cam Newton can brush off two linebackers when they're trying to tackle him. Easily, so it like, makes them look better than they are sometimes. Look like he they need receivers kids. and they need a better offensive scheme. I think you're right. I think that if North Turner went there, I think that would have been a better choice if there was an opening, but there wasn't. Yeah, but you, you, I think um, his first year when those running backs Williams and Stewart was healthy, and they, and we would, we arguably had conversations about. Those are the two best running backs in the game at that time. They were throwing the football. 
You run the football to pass, especially with a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. Run the football. Let this guy get into some type of rhythm. Throw short routes. Throw to, throw to your hybrid tight end. Throw to Steve Smith on the quick stuff. Get him comfortable. Right now, to me, Cam Newton still needs to work on his accuracy. Yeah, he still absolutely. Throws, he still throws the ball high. He well, still well, throws his windup is so long. His windup takes so long. Which they I'm probably I think they was yeah from the time he got in to now it's, uh, it's, it's better it's better well he's throwing the ball less too it, you know I mean he threw the I mean he's not throwing trust me my fantasy team suffered because of it so I know <laughs> I know I'm I'm the, I'm the professional when it comes to this did you have a <laughs> you have one your fantasy yeah I drafted him over Peyton Manning like an idiot that's not an idiotic that, that's it is. Not well it. it is because Peyton Manning broke every fantasy football record known to man this year. Well, look at their offense. Look what they do. The offenses, offenses don't stretch the field. They're talking anymore. about getting rid of Eric Decker too. No, Eric Decker. Eric Decker talking about leaving. No. It ain't gonna get rid of him. He could be a number one. Champ Bailey is gone. He's right. gone. Well, because that saved him ten. That saved them ten million dollars on this on their cap space. Yeah, and plus he played five games. And Champ Bailey says he want to play uh, more years. Uh, I think he played under the circumstances that he was under. He had a, a foot problem, uh, which he's old. He's, that was the he's best, 35. That was be the best trade oh. that Dallas that uh, Denver ever made. Him for Clinton Portis. That was one of the best trades I've ever seen. Washington, Clinton Portis, Clinton Portis carried their weight from Denver to yeah, Washington. But, uh, having a lockdown corner is few and far between, and he yeah. was one of the first. He wasn't a lockdown corner. Chump Bailey. No, nah, he's a good he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's I no like, Corby Lasseter, but he was he's he, corner wise, he's better than I was. Yeah. Corner wise, but you move him somewhere else. I'm still the best. Kwame Lass, <laughs> we'll take a quick break. <laughs> it's related <laughs> to Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best athlete ever? Is it Muhammad Ali? I don't know. You don't know on the instance? Like, you got three no, in your head. No, it's probably... Uh, Muhammad Ali? Probably Bruce Jenner. The Cathlete. The Cathlete. The Cathlete. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, Bruce Jenner took the uh, throat part yeah, of his Yeah, yeah, no, I know. We you don't know, have to talk know, about that. You little. know what that's about? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Get out of here. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. Kwame Lass, Sports Talk. We'll come back with some NBA... Uh, we might even argue again about. No, I don't want to um, do that. You we'll want to argue again? We come right back. We we'll do it when we come right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit marchofdimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasso Sports Talk. We are live. This is our live up. segment. You gonna throw up in your mouth? It smell like you threw up already. <laughs> hey, welcome back to <laughs> welcome back to the show. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Alex Clancy in the studio at Clancy's Corner. If you want to reach him, are you still doing rant sports? Yeah, I'm. I'm starting to cultivate it again. I I took a couple weeks off, a couple months off. You could do that. Yeah. Don't they pay you for that? No. What? Well, I mean, if I get ten thousand clicks on something, I'm like twenty bucks or something. Don't you click it ten thousand times? Oh, yeah. twenty bucks. Yeah. See, it's, it's what, more. It's more just for you know. People get paid for. You know, people pay twenty dollars to get clicks to do that. Just get people to click it. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know a thousand people. Oh, you have a thousand people is twenty dollars. I don't know. A thousand people might be a dollar. I got to look at the contract again. You don't know your contract. I do. I well, but it's not okay. I don't. I don't have to lose a left toe if I if I don't get any clicks. Yeah, so but it's, still, it's a contract. Yeah. You might lose a finger or something. Maybe. if You don't have enough articles. I have enough fingers. I'm never doing anything for free. Never. If it don't benefit me, I'm never going to do anything for free. This show is not, this, this show benefits me. This is not free per se. You the one doing it for free. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you need to hang around me. You need to get out that Z Tejas. You need to hang around a little more. You got to get on the street. You got to put your feet on the street. You want to make some uh, money. All right. All right. We'll talk about that when nobody's listening. No, we're not. Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. We are back. Last part of the segment. Tiger Woods, real quick. There's so much I want to talk about. We'll, okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about something right now. We're going to talk Tiger Woods real quickly, and then we was going to talk Jimmy Graham, but we get into some Jimmy Graham because we talked football already. We're getting that tomorrow. Um, Tiger Woods and maybe some NBA if we have 30 more seconds left in the show. Tiger Woods teeing off at 1236, I believe, today. He left his, tar- his, left his the Honda Classic. Well, we feel because it was a he was an intention, but I say he wasn't in contention on Saturday when he made the cut, or maybe that was Friday he made the cut. He barely made the cut, but he was gonna try to stick it out. He had back spasm. If you haven't had back spasm, then you know that could be a problem. It is a real problem. Uh, but you know you can't argue when people get in accidents in car accidents. They say my back, my neck, and my back. <laughs> so you have to, uh, <laughs> you have to, I quit. you have to really. You have to really do some x-ray. Not even so much x-ray. You got to do MRIs to really go down to figure out what it is. Can but you get better in three days? If you take an epidural and sit and rest. He said he's been getting treatment, and it's a long process, and I don't... Eating ice cream I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the fence with it, huh? His, his emotion, his... his uh, he has to play this his tournament. His ego had spasms, not his back. He ha- he, no, maybe, but no. He has a... <laughs> he has... He has to play this tournament because... He has to get ready for April fifteenth. Yeah. He has to get ready I'm for the excited. Masters. You excited? Yeah. You need. You need. A, you got tickets? I I could get Masters tickets. Yeah, get me tickets. I could sell them for ten thousand a piece. That's what I would do. With him. <laughs> See how the show benefits you. See. <laughs> See. Um, but that is you don't want to walk. You can You don't want to walk Augusta. You do not. It's like this. You know if you if you're not on a course 
and it probably does this. Like it's different outside of the, the course. You don't want to walk Augusta unless you got a drink in your hand. I don't know, and you got to be quiet there too. Anyway, he's teeing off in a bit, uh, so we'll see how his back hold up. I'm still a Tiger Woods is the reason why I play golf, but I have favorite. Uh, he's the reason why I started golf. Why I taught myself how to play golf. He's the reason. Um, just seeing just an emergence of like that, like that game can't be that good, could it? Um, I might have had, so I just go out there and play and play and play. But we'll see how he holds up, his back holds up, I should say. Or we'll see how what contention he's in and if he still stays around. Yeah. But you, I've, you say. I, I've said all I need to say about Tiger. And, and, that, was, and that was, and you're about to say more. Go ahead. Oh, no. I mean, you was going to say he's. I'll, I'll, listen. I'll give. I'll give my thesis for for what I said. Yo, is thesis. that is that <laughs> he? Um, it, it, these ga- these tournaments don't matter to him. Unfortunately, That's unfortunately, crazy. That's unfortunately, crazy. he's not. He's not. He's not a working man citizen anymore in the in the PGA. He's already hit that. He's already hit that. Uh, uh, what do they call God's? Um, uh, God's? No, 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 not God's God and treasure. Uh, celestial. He's already a celestial being in in the game of golf. I'm celestial. No, well, okay, it, we're not talking. Okay, he. Um, so say say he doesn't make the cut. Nobody's gonna remember this in three weeks. This is for him. He has to win to be to to make this tournament important for him. I think, and that's it. Sucks that that's the argument. It sucks that there's there's no more level there are no more levels than just that in my opinion. Yeah, it's win or the the tournament doesn't matter. I think your thesis is wrong because Tiger Woods still doesn't have the most wins ever. Yeah, he doesn't. It, so I I know majors one thing. If he wins if he wins fourteen four more majors, he's tied with Jack Nicklaus. If he wins fifteen, he had the most majors ever. There's only three guys that have ten majors. So if he wins fourteen fifteen majors, does that make him the best? Because the premium of the majors, what about the other tournaments, the other guys showing up and they winning? What about the most victories on a golf course? I think he was still like the win those because it it catapults him to a certain type of rhythm. Like when Rory wins, when Rory wins, that next round he's still on a level where he probably can win his tournament. Do you think second places in majors matter at all? And the reason why I ask is because Jack Nicklaus did that like 15 of, times. Okay, yeah, yeah. So do you think that that matters? I think Jack Nicklaus could have put it have out to win. You have to win majors. No, I, I know, but I, so look, so say Jack Nicklaus doesn't have the most wins ever. No, so I think Sam Snead, right? He, yeah, but Jack Nicklaus, Sam, or, but Jack Nicklaus have the most majors. Most majors I understand that, but with, with regards said, to that, do you think that fin- like as a tiebreaker, maybe, maybe Tiger's only finished second three times, like which is not true. But say he's only right. finished, and then Jack's done to fifteen times. They have the same amount of majors at the end. Does do the second place finishes matter? Because you're no, there. Because, okay, yeah, no. But look, listen, they have they have different that was a different time, different equipment. The courses are totally different. The greens weren't as fast as where they are now. They tiger proofing courses for this guy so he can't win. I, I believe so he can't win. So do you think Tiger, even if he ties with Jack, that Jack would still be the best? Because he has fifteen um major second he has about eight second place titles where he could have won. And would have put him to um, Sam Snead has the most. Yeah, ninety, one hundred and one or something. Like ninety one, eighty two, eighty two, and Tiger's seventy nine. So, so t- Tiger will tie and break Sam. So, Snead. what if he has the most wins ever, but not the most majors? He's the best. He's he's not the best major player. He's the best w- regular player. And there are more tournaments now. They, yeah, and and yeah, exactly. And there's more tournaments that these guys are playing in. The equipment is totally different. The balls are to- totally different of what they were playing in with Sam Snead and Jack Nicklaus and Arna Palmer. All these guys. 
They made the game what it is for Tiger, and Tiger just took it financially to a whole nother level. He doesn't play golf if he don't see uh, a lot of these guys that uh, play golf. I know he has his other favorites, uh, some guys they wouldn't even let on a golf course in those days. But he doesn't play golf uh, if he don't if those guys don't set the standard for him. What what challenge would he have? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean that that's that's true. But so uh, Jack, and Jack won his last major at forty six. Yes. Okay. Yes. So he's got. So he's got. What seven or eight years on Tiger at that point? I think Tiger's thirty-eight, right? Uh-huh. So you have or thirty or thirty-nine. So you have those seven years. Jack 39. won. Tiger about to turn. Th- I think he's about to turn thirty-eight. Go ahead. Okay, so but I mean, Jack won many majors after the age of forty, and I think that was more catered to how the game was played years ago, as you as you mentioned, with the clubs and and the distance of the holes and everything in that regard, and maybe maybe the level of play uh, from top to bottom wasn't as good. I, that can always be. You can never compare. Uh, generation to generation, you just can't because there's so many different outliers, so many different factors, so many different improvements. But I think if Tiger wins the most, and he could do that this year, but he's got to start with Doral, and it's got to start with him. He's won four times at Doral. It's got to start with him being in contention on Sunday. True. Uh, we're talking more about this because Tiger tearing off in a little while at twelve fifty six, uh, our time. Um, so we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this, and then we'll get into some Jimmy Graham and some NBA basketball. Suns Thunder tonight. Suns Thunder tonight. Big game tonight. for the Thunder. If Big I, game for the Suns. If I get tickets for that, I'll give you a call. Okay. Kwame Sports Talk, Alex Clancy. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.